Hello and welcome to this frog in the throat version of Vikings Territory Breakdown. Uh, that's all we're going to talk about this week, the phlegm in our throats. I mean, there's nothing else. Oh, wait, the Vikings won. Vikings won. Uh, I told you. Yeah, you doubted them. Uh, I did. We, we, you know, it's, it's so funny. Uh, uh, the, this is the most confounding team in the NFL history, I swear. Every oh, time Joe, come on. There's expectations to do one thing, and then it happens to another. I'm, I'm watching the game with my daughter, who really enjoys football, and uh, they, they, they're, right, they're going on the last drive, and they throw the, the, the little pitch, you know, toss the pitch to uh, Cook for, to get the first down, and I let out a sigh of relief. And, you know, they're lining up for the victory formation, and she turns to me and says, what do they do now? What's going to happen now? I said, <laughs> nothing the game's over if they don't fumble this and and they've won and she looks at me and she goes well that's boring yes and i love it <laughs> yeah i i told you they were an exciting team you know, he's you're fixated on the record you know but the the games were entertaining um and as far as the most confounding team they're not even the most confounding team this year i mean they're one i mean look at san francisco what they did on uh uh Monday night they beat the they, they destroy the Rams they're, they're they're back just like the Vikings they're back they're four and five they're right back half a game out of the the playoff picture in the NFC so this is football this is the NFL as Zimmer said it a couple of weeks ago when someone had some big long question about the crazy league and he just went it's the NFL and that's what it is it um, unless you're uh, one of those dominant teams at the top or you're one of the dregs at the bottom. Uh, the 25 or six or four, whatever in the middle are kind of all jockeying for the same position. So, you know, like uh, <clears throat> following the Browns, for example, you know, they, they win a game. It's like they come into Minneapolis, they win a really good game. It's like, that's good. But then they get blown out by the Patriots. You know, it's like you can't have this seasons over going to the Super Bowl up and down every, every year, except every week, because that's just how the NFL is. Isn't it more so this year, though? It seems like there's a there's a couple, you know, uh, top feeders and some bottom feeders, and the rest are glumped in the middle with not too many wins separates them. I mean, you know, yeah, the the uh, I was pulling for the Rams last night just to help the Vikings out in case you know playoff chances. But it seems like there's a there's a big grouping this year of of I mean a lot a number of teams have all teams have at least two losses, and you know. The Rams got another one last night. I mean, it, it's it's pretty conglomerated, isn't it? Well, yeah. I mean, the, the, the scores are closer. Uh, you know, there's been 14 overtimes now. 18 is the record in 1995. Um, I think we're up to 39 games that have been decided by three or fewer points. Um, but this uh, up and down is not new to the NFL by any stretch. No. Uh, but I, you know, I think that, you know, to me, the people that always want to, as soon as you get two losses in a row, they throw up their hands. Who are we going to draft? Who's the quarterback? Oh, my God, fire the coach. Let's get the best pick we can. It's just kind of a <clears> – <throat> seems to me like a meaningless way of watching the league. It's like don't you sort of want to enjoy the, the scrappy part of the league where you try to get into the playoffs and see what you can do? I don't get it. It's just like there is no – you don't. I, I, what I have told people a lot of times: you don't have to be great to win a Super Bowl. You probably have to be great to win seven of them, as Tom Brady is. But so many times, uh, the Giants have won two of them by getting hot at the right time. Steelers won uh, one with Jerome Bettis, uh, Super Bowl forty, I believe, where they got 
they had to win like six in a row to get into the playoffs. And then they just got hot and they won, they won the Super Bowl. So, you know, I'm not saying the Vikings are going to win the Super Bowl, but wouldn't you, wouldn't you like to just try instead of as soon as, as, soon as they lose to uh, Dallas and Baltimore, let's it's over. Let's, you know, let's uh, play for the draft picks. I, I just don't, I don't get it. That, uh, that person that just described the mentality of the purple faithful out there is Mark Craig, longtime uh, NFL writer for, for uh, his whole career, but he's he's at the Star Tribune for 19 years covering the Vikings, and before that in Cleveland, Ohio, covering the NFL, and uh, he's a Hall of Fame voter and All Pro voter, and I'm just Joe Oberly. That's all him. So he's he's the big shooter with all all the wisdom. At least he he talks. Oh yeah. Um. You know, it, it it was. It has been an entertaining season. I totally agree. I, I, I'm i usually an optimistic guy, uh, you know, as far as life and maybe uh, and the Vikings. And I really started, you know, after probably the fourth, you know, one score loss that they had a chance to win. I was just saying, no, this, this ain't their year. They're not the team that can win these games, which you absolutely have to do in the NFL. You have to win close games. They finally did it this weekend and if if they don't make that first down to on fourth and two to to cook um we're looking at you know another one of those nail biters that they're going to come back down and and uh steal this one away from the bikes they very easily could that you know uh, Herbert has that ability they have enough people on offense to do it but the vikings you know it, it might not have happened that way uh if 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 that was the scenario because the defense played so well and that that's who i the Vikings defense, and I praise them for this win. I thought I thought they were were solid and consistent, except for right before the half, you know, in coming out of the half. But they, they, they played a great game in so many aspects. I mean, they gave up a total of 453 yards and and uh, made stops when they needed to, and you know, uh, take away the uh, problems right before half, which you want to ask about later. But uh, you know, they they gave they, up 453 yards, 200. Oh, that's at four hundred. I say, I missed a yeah. few hundred of them. No, two hundred and fifty yards. That, and that's that's a heck of a game. That's a defensive stand. And this is a pretty good offense, and they haven't been playing great weight lately with for the Chargers. But you know that give, to give up two hundred fifty three yards in the NFL is a pretty darn good defensive. Well, the week before the Chargers, uh, Herbert only had like uh, he completed eighty four percent of his passes for three hundred and fifty six yards. They beat the Eagles. So uh, and, you know that's a prolific offense. Uh, Kendrick's interception was you know right. phenomenal, all pro caliber. Uh, I, I give the offense a lot more credit than than you're given. Uh, I saw, I saw a you know what we were talking about last week, begging this team to take chance, you know, take some more chances, and that seemed to be the theme the entire week for the for the Vikings between Zimmer and Kubiak, and and uh, you know that we're going to get Jeff Justin Jefferson the ball. We're going to you know, when we were talking about all this last week, as I'm sure a lot of people were, of like let this guy make these contested catches, and we saw that right from the get go. Uh, he um, they had ten penalties for 118 yards, and this guy routinely throughout the game erased, you know, just erased all of the, the, the these mistakes uh, by making catches on. Uh, you know, Kirk Cousins has a grounding call. It's second and 20. He, he makes a 21-yard catch. Udo has his second holding penalty. 
It's third and 15. He makes an 18-yard catch. Um, this is how you need to play, and this is how they better play on Sunday. They got no chance. Didn't you get the agenda? I mean, <laughs> I'll, I'm going to get to the offense. I will get to the offense, and, and, and oh. that will be exciting to talk about that. But I just – I was so impressed with the defense because uh, – they're missing six starters. I mean, you know, going into this game, and the the team obviously has some depth back there. I mean, the defensive line has played great in you know even losing Willickies or Willicks or however you say his name, and uh, uh, the the secondary with Cam Bynum filling in for for Harrison Smith is amazing. Uh, uh, that interception by Kendricks was phenomenal. I mean, that, that what a what a great athletic play. And that's two weeks in a row that linebackers have made these these kind of plays, but I, I just want to say that uh, that guy's the, the MVP of this, this team, hands down. I think if you ask me, he does so much on defense, making, making plays all over the field that, that not every linebacker in the league can make. And, and I heard somebody talking today, he's got to be all pro this year. And hopefully that gets it done because he's had a great season. Yeah. I mean, the record had, will d- depend a little bit on that, but uh, yeah, if, if he doesn't hurt his calf last year, he's, he's, Two-time first-team All-Pro. Uh, two years ago, he was with. A, I I told him it was the easiest vote I cast of the fifty votes. Um, you know, and it helps having watched every play that he that he had. Um, but you know, he was hands down the best middle linebacker in football two years ago. He was on his way. He was doing that last year. We hurt his calf, and all the injuries they had last year. It was the one. It was he was like the final straw when that when that calf went out and he didn't come back. That's when you saw the embarrassing games like uh, like New Orleans on Christmas. Um, but yeah, he's his instincts and his uh, his ability, and he, and he's still a young enough guy that he can, you know, take advantage of what he sees and get there in time. Uh, he's playing as uh, he said. He said the best is yet to come, and it could be. But he's playing as good a football as he's ever played. Would you say that Zimmer uh, depends on him even more than he does Harrison Smith? I mean. <clears throat> We've always heard how Smith is the 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 quarterback back there in the on, in the secondary and for the defense and 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 kind of the guy that does all these different things that allows Zimmer to 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 run his defense. But uh, I think uh, Kendricks is even a more important cop because he's right in the middle and you know affecting the line and affecting the secondary when he needs to cover it. It, it just uh, I think he's got to be as, as Zimmer's most important player. Yeah, I mean, it's good to have them both on the field at the same time. Uh, yeah. What I will say is that, um, you know, I I don't think you miss Barr as much. I know, I know he had a great splash play the last week, but um, Nick Vigil replacing Anthony Barr doesn't leave you, I think, as big a deficit as if they had to replace Kendricks for sure. I heard a lot this week about, uh, you know, of course, two, 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 uh, two weeks of splash plays by uh, – a rookie safety Cam Bynum has got people saying, "Well, time to set down Harrison Smith," you know, because he's he's 32 and he's over the hill and he's been slipping. You know, as soon as as soon as they see something like that, you start hearing him point to the fact that maybe he had a bad game and that that's a that's a sign of him slipping. Do you see that, Mark? Do you agree with that? Amy? There's a sign. No, no, not not yet, not not yet. Uh, what I see is a, an opportunity for Zimmer to maybe even get more creative, and you put. Uh, buying him on the field uh, using three safeties, which they, they will do occasionally, um, you know, get him on the field in those situations. But, no, I think Harrison Smith, uh, 
Now we'll see if you know he's coming back from COVID. And whenever he comes back, uh, does he need time to get you know back in football shape? I don't know. But uh, you know, this guy is is good. He's made some good plays, but he's not Harrison Smith yet. I mean, right. good lord, he's a, he's a rookie. Yeah, he's going to have to knock off some rust, and so so is Patrick Peterson if he comes back. And I, you know, almost I. You almost got to use them sparingly this week for the Packers because uh, maybe give give uh, Rogers some looks he's not used to. But we can talk about that in a bit. I I did want to talk about Zim using the blitz. He was it's very effective. This I, I thought he was really effective in calling the blitz. It's, you know that that wasn't the first play with Hendricks uh, Kendricks when uh, uh, when he he uh, sacked. Uh, uh, Herbert, and then later in the game, Bynum got a sack, and and he dialed up the blitz in a lot of different situations, and it seemed to work for him every time. So it's a risky thing, but I don't think he's been blitzing a lot with this defense. Maybe because they, you know, the personnel has changed, and and they're a little bit shorthanded. But boy, I thought it was really effective on Sunday. Well, I think where it was most effective was when they came out when the Chargers came out after halftime. They went. Uh, you know, up tempo, and so the Vikings were kind of caught off guard, and, and the Chargers, that was their easiest drive of the day. They went right down the field and scored, took their only lead, 17-13. And then after that, you saw Zimmer on that first third down on the series after that that the Chargers had. That's when you saw Bynum have that uh, safety blitz. Uh, <clears throat> they got three. That's on third down, so they have to punt. Then the Vikings took the lead, and then uh, – the next series, second down, Vigil comes off the edge and forces that, you know, pass because, uh, you know, hits him. It's a, that wasn't a sack, but it was a knockdown. Mm-hmm. And then on third down, uh, I believe Woods came. He, and Woods didn't really affect the play a whole lot, but they did show pressure again, and it was incompletion on third down. And um, you saw uh, them have to go three and out, and then uh, that really contributed to the Vikings take seizing control back of the game. and. Yeah, it was a very well timed uh, for him time for him to do that uh, to create some extra pressure. Zimmer's probably gonna have to dial some about up with that <clears throat> up this weekend against Rodgers, but Rodgers is really good at uh, reading blitzes, seeing blitzes, and avoiding them. So that that'll be yeah. There's not much that Rodgers hasn't seen. So uh, Zimmer, of, of anybody in the in the NFC North, is the one that's at least challenged him. Uh, I believe they're. Seven four, uh, Packers are seven four and one against the Vikings, not counting the game where Barr broke his neck <laughs> or broke uh, the collarbone of, mm-hmm. of Rogers. Um, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll talk about the offense. I thought Kirk Cousins had a great game, and probably his best game of the year for for a lot of reasons. Uh, it wasn't perfect, but he spread the ball around and uh, made made great throws when they were really needed. Uh, both TD passes to Conklin were, were – first one, he just fired that one, a bullet into a, a small window, uh, a two or three players around him. And, and the other one to Conklin, he, he hung in there, gets his arm hit, and still manages to get the ball to him. So I, Kirk, I thought, play, played very well, uh, especially decision-wise and, and, and getting the ball to, to Jefferson. So uh, what did you see from Kirk? I saw Kirk, uh, you know, that, that was that was the theme after the game was uh, Zimmer talking about, uh, you know, we're, hey, we're going to get Justin Jefferson the ball and uh, and then immediately alluded to the fact that they have meetings every week. Um, mean, the, the meaning to me was that was part of their discussion. So I asked a follow-up question on that. 
And Zimmer kind of went, well, it's not that it, basically it wasn't like kind of an ultimatum, but it was like he hints, I hint things to him. He hints things to me. Now, Cousins did not like that line of questioning because it it sort of makes it look like he was being too too afraid in the past few games. He was saying that, you know, hey, they they didn't double him as much as the as the previous two games, and that it allowed him to go to the, go to him more often. But <clears throat> I definitely saw a quarterback that was willing to take more risk than we saw uh, against Baltimore. You know that play that jumps out to me is that third down in the red zone where he threw, you know, he has Jefferson on the left, kind of one hops it or throws it low. You know, this time, like on that second and 20, uh, where he just gotten the uh, grounding call, he fires it between three guys and it's, it's, it's right through a window. And this is the thing that he has the ability to do. He's got this arm strength that's as good as anybody's. Um, or good, uh, he's got the accuracy that is better than most, and he he was giving these guys opportunities, and they they rewarded him for them, and it needs to go continue going forward. But yeah, Kirk played a fantastic game. Well, you know, you you you've been around long enough that you heard of the Randy ratio. Now, what are we going to have the JJ justification where you got to justify get that ball to Justin Jefferson? All the time, I, I, you know, it, it can't be like that. That's not how you can. I mean, uh, Mike Tice found that out with the Randy ratio because they can take players away. But uh, you know, you have to each week. I think define or design ways to get the ball. <coughs> yeah, 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 I think they. I think they've done that. It, but you know, you, you don't have a ratio. You don't say oh, we're going to do ten or we're going to. You know, that Tice was kind of an entertainer. If you know, he said things, and, and I'm sure they they tried to do that, but. It's not a number. It's not a ratio. It's it's a part of the game where you've. I mean, and you've got the quarterback to do it now. If you had an inaccurate quarterback or, or backup quarterback, you probably wouldn't be able to do this. But you got a guy that can do it, and he's got to trust it, and he's got to, you know, he just has to do it. He has to has to get the the, the courage to do it. And occasionally, there's there's going to be interceptions, and people need to realize that that. If they keep playing like this, there's going to be some interceptions, but they have to play this way in order to win. They, uh, you know, it almost seems like a combination of all three. You've got maybe uh, Zimmer with a little bit of governor on the offense. <clears throat> He's not admitting to it, but I think there is some of that there, you know, run, 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 and then play defense. Uh, you got uh, play calling that is, you know, a new play caller, you know, and, and probably <clears throat> difficult trusting himself or, or whatever is going on in the field. And you got to, quarterback that is a little conservative and doesn't like to take a lot of chances, not a gunslinger. So I think that that all affects it. But, uh, you know, it was so entertaining to watch that kind of evaporate away in this game. You know, the Vikings had a lead and they were aggressive going downfield. And it's like, my goodness, this is fun. You know, almost a little bit of a boot on the throat mentality when they when they had the lead late and went down there and went for it on fourth and two. I mean, they could have easily punted that down to the corner and say, "Okay, send Zimmer's defense back down there and uh, let's see if they can hold." But instead, they 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 went the opposite way, and it was glorious to see. Yeah, and I think that they've you know they've been down that road so many times that they just uh, were willing to uh, take the chance there, which is which is how they had to play. I mean, going for the fourth downs, um, you know, and, and it was also good to see this take place because 
Kirk was under a lot of pressure in this game. And I think that he played better under pressure uh, than he typically does. So you saw some chances to him taken. Offensive line did not have a great day, but they had a good enough day. That, and combined with Kirk and the receivers making up for some bad things, uh, it worked well. And, they, and the offensive line, um, it wasn't a dominant running attack. It's only 103 yards, I think a 3.1 average. But when they needed fourth and two to put the game away, they got it. First and goal at the one, Cook scores. Um, there was another third and short or fourth and short that I'm sure I'm forgetting. Um, they were able to get these tough yards that you need to get to win the game or to put the game away. So that's all the happy news. But what, let's talk a little bit about what went wrong. You, you've touched on a couple. Ten penalties for 118 yards. Holding. Uh, yeah. Yeah. For a time. For a time, it seemed like the main part of the Chargers' offense was pass interference. And then you got Udo, who was victimized for several holding calls. I'm going to ask it again like I did last week. Are we getting closer to Davis or not? I mean, is that even going to happen? Well, you really, you really want you want Udo out of there, don't you? No, I want um, to see something different. Because what, what I've seen from Mason Cole the past two weeks has excited me. You know, and it, it's uh, Yeah, Mason Cole is a, is a veteran that had 40-some starts in uh, Arizona before this. You know, I, I, if Wyatt Davis was ready, I'm sure he'd be in there. Um, you know, I, you got to look. Uh, the holding calls obviously point the tension right at him. Um, but that's two plays. Um, you know, I, I don't, I'm not ready to make that move yet, When especially after a win. Um, I just think that it, it's not just one guy. It's not just plugging in one guy. That's, that's like a, the, the combination of, of that line. As long as they're healthy, let them play together. And Darisaw, let them get better together. Darisaw had a holding too, I think, but we don't talk about that because he's well. Well, we should be talking about that one because it's that's the one that negated the touchdown, yeah. uh, the touchdown pass to CJ Ham that they ended up settling for a field goal. So, had they lost the game, we would be you know really talking about that one. Udo had two of them. Uh, O'Neill had one yeah. uh, at the end, but again, each time uh, after the O'Neill one. Uh, they went down the sideline to Justin Jefferson for that 26-27 yarder that was contested that the Chargers challenged. Uh, after the Udo one, that was the third, that was the 18-yard catch on third and 15. Um, not sure what happened after the first Udo Udo holding, but I know that they got the first down, um, first or second one. So yeah, it's offensive line got, you know, some of their mistakes were covered up because of the aggressive. Uh, mentality of the coaching staff, Kirk Cousins, and the otherworldly abilities of Justin Jefferson, and also uh, Thielen had a quiet, nice game over the middle, and yeah. he did some nice things. But I think once Jefferson started getting opportunities, I think it opens up stuff for Thielen. Um, I got to have you comment on this, and I don't even know if you can. Uh, but you know, Dustin Baker from our site, Vikings Territory, he runs runs the show around here. He pointed out at 26% of all points surrendered by Vikings in 2021 occur within the final two, two minutes of the first half. What the heck is going on there? I mean, it, it's, you know, it, it isn't a mentality. I mean, they practice four minute offenses. They practice, you know, uh, two minute offenses before the end of the game, before the half. And so they practice the defense too. 
what what is the mentality there with this team that that all of a sudden can't they almost got scored on twice in right before the half there and half the final two minutes because they came out and did nothing on offense. I was like, oh my goodness, they did finally stop them. But is there is there something there that you can put your finger well, on? I think that they might struggle when a team goes hurry up, goes no, you know, when they, when they they go tempo, and uh, you saw it also coming out of the half. Uh, they were they were a step to that entire drive. They were a step behind uh, with the Chargers going hurry up. So I don't know if maybe the Chargers, you know, they or teams that see that going into a half and they now maybe come out of a half that way. I'm not sure, but uh, you know, we've seen. Uh, See it kind of on both ends. You see the Vikings at the end of games have to, you know, scramble to to win a game or to 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 tie it to force it in overtime. So it's you're seeing a lot of that in the league right now, where end of the half or end of games where defenses are a step two or step or two behind. So it is kind of a fascinating thing. But it's not just Vikings related. I don't think um, this game against are they are well. They I mean, in Baltimore, they were gassed. I mean, they were on the field for 89 plays or whatever it was. Um, but I think in this 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 past one, I, it was fascinating to watch because they called all three timeouts to, to get the ball so they could be aggressive at the end of the half because they yeah. knew Chargers were getting the ball to start the third quarter. That's great. I, you know, I really – but it ended up playing into the Chargers' favor because the, when they get the ball back with like a minute 31, they went – with a handoff to uh, Dalvin Cook, which I think the entire Chargers defense knew that was coming. How, how whatever it's a, if it's a tell or it's just a you know a trend of the Vikings, a lot of times you see in that situation. I mean, you want to get the ball in Dalvin's hands, but sometimes that inside you know handoff where they're going across the the line, you know, ends up with them you know someone on offensive line having a breakdown and they and then he loses three yards or whatever. So he lost yardage on that. So immediately. That drive is, is behind the behind the sticks, and I thought that after that they they did nothing. They had to get rid of the ball. I think they only held it for mm-hmm. 19, 20 seconds or whatever it was. So they were aggressive in calling the timeouts to get it, and 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 showed that hey, we're going to try and we're going to try and be the team that scores before halftime, but it it backfired on them. So I like overall I like the the aggressiveness, but you know that would be one play call where I would say hey, you know. Kirk's playing well. Justin Jefferson's doing things. Let's let's do something other than that that inside handoff to to Dalvin Cook in that situation. You know, it, the Vikings ended up rushing for 103 yards, which is not overly great with a, a back like uh, uh, Dalvin Cook in your backfield. Um, I think he had like 94 yards. I can't recall, but um, I think the would would it be safe to say that the uh, you know, the line didn't do well opening any holes for them and, and some of the plays you just described, but they did a pretty good job protecting Kurt. I mean, he was under pressure, but, you know, he wasn't hit that much. And it, it, was, it came down to the play of the quarterback that really allowed this team to move the ball as opposed to, you know, the, the, the grind it out, give the ball to Dalvin, hopefully he breaks one, you know, blah, 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 blah. Um, I, I really thought that uh, – um, an aggressive quarterback who who did move in the pocket and did step up a couple of times was really key for them, obviously, to keep the sticks moving and and uh, keep the Chargers back on their heels. Is that a safe safe assessment? 
<laughs> yeah, and I think uh, as I as I said earlier about the, I know they only had it wasn't an explosive running attack, but uh, early on um, <clears throat> they were able to move Linval Joseph off the nose. I mean, Linval looked like a shell of himself uh, compared to what he was like in Minnesota. I mean, you never saw Linval get pushed back or to the side. They moved him around pretty good, the interior alignment. And Dalvin got like two six-yard runs between the tackles. I had a 12-yarder, I think, in there early. Um, and they, they go down the field, and they, I think they kicked the field goal. Maybe that was after uh, Udo had the – or um, Darisaw had the penalty that negated the touchdown. But in other situations, like first and goal at the one, how many times you see the Vikings have, you know, comes down to fourth and goal and you're – throwing the ball away or something. You know, they had like four cracks from the one. They can't get in. First and goal from the one, they pounded in. Um, the fourth and two at the end. I mean, clinching a game with a four-yard run, that's huge, as, as Vikings yeah. fans know, because we all knew what was going to happen if they didn't get that first down. So uh, I, I think the running game played winning, you know, winning football. But uh, and, and, and Kirk was under a lot of pressure. They, what, that wasn't the, like the best – pass protection you're going to see ever, um, but it was good enough. And that's why, you know, with Udo, I know he's got 11 penalties now. It's like six more than anybody else on the team. But to me, as long as you're, you're, you're playing well enough to win and you keep the offensive line together and you try and get better, uh, you, it's, now is not the time to be when healthy guys, the guys are healthy up front to be plugging and playing and tinkering with stuff. Um, as long as you're still in that mix of, of being able to make the playoffs, being able to win a game, being able to get, you know, I mean, that, that ball is over basically Udo and O'Neal, that fourth and two where Dalvin put, puts the yeah. game away. So you've yeah. got to look at game at plays like that, not just the ones where it's obvious that they screwed up. Uh, one more bit of happy news of special teams. It looks like the, uh, the special teams in general has really improved for this team from what we've known in the past. Kickers are making good kicks. Uh, Didi uh, Westbrook had a great return, I think 45-yard punt return that they only turned into a field goal. Um, they had a kick return last week for a touchdown. They're, they're making some, taking some chances there. I, th- I think uh, is his name Ryan Fricken is the coach uh, for the Fick, special teams. Fricken, yeah. Yeah. I think, Ryan, uh, yeah. He's done a great job. Uh, well, what do you what do you think? What do you see from them? Well, I, you know, I, he's doing a good job, uh, but I also think that they got um, they got a lot of young players that good special team. They got more special teams players. They got uh, Surratt and uh, Kane, the returner. The two returners are are a lot better than what they had last year. Uh, but you also have some of these. Josh Metellus is in his second year as kind of a special teams leader. Um, Surratt. Um, you know, they're, they're younger guys, better athletes, I think, that are helping out there. And uh, I, I do like that they were aggressive. I think they got away. They got lucky that they blew that ball dead because I don't think I think the Chargers saw it coming and would have stopped it. The fake punt? Uh, on, that, on the fake punt, I, I totally agree. I think. I, that was one of my um, questions. I, you know, I, I think I kind of hosed by the refs. That, that was, you know, the guy blew it. The guy gave him the go-ahead. The, the umpire said, okay, the ball's ready, and then, and then they hiked it. But I think somebody else saw that he didn't think the umpire was ready, so he blew the whistle. Yeah, I wasn't sure on just the, the – because it happened so quick. Yeah. Uh, but 
yeah, either way, I, Zimmer didn't seem too upset by that one. I think he knew that they weren't going to get it. I thought um, they snuffed it out. Yeah, it would, it would have taken a, a great athletic play by Kane uh, to to get yeah. And if, if I mean, if they blew that call, I I also thought they blew the the. I mean, we 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 tend to beat up on Breland, but I don't think that was a pass interference on Breland. I thought he was oh, looking right. back, and he was. I thought he was fighting for the ball just as much as the receiver was. And there was another. It was the same one. There was an uncatchable ball. I thought that was called for pass interference, but I didn't complain about the refs all day. Well, that's that's a good place to stop and take a take a, a word from our our uh, sponsors, who are unfortunately not uh, uh, great up vodka yet or Mankato Brewery. Yeah, I was gonna say you have, you, have, you haven't done Mankato. You're a Mankato shill yet. Uh, you just did it. So. <laughs> so come on back to Vikings territory with myself and Mark Craig. All right, welcome back for segment number two, I guess, or ten, whatever, who's ever counting. Uh, you know, just a couple more things I wanted to touch on. I did, you know, we did touch on that fake punt, uh, but it leads me to, uh, you know, I, I love to see the aggressiveness. Like you said, I think I think they would have gotten uh, uh, that would have been blown up, and that would have changed the complexion of the game. Then all of a sudden, the Vikings are. Uh, you know, in midfield with the with the Chargers moving in, give them some momentum. So it was lucky that it was blown dead. Yeah, I mean, I suppose we're we're, we're totally guessing because it was blown dead so quickly. I mean, it could have been a he. You know, we're uh, maybe we're underestimating his ability to make moves and run and break tackles. I mean, if you would have said uh, when they, if they'd have blown that twenty uh, four yard catch that uh, that Madison had, if you just say, well, they would have stopped that for no gain or whatever. Uh, you saw what he did after. After right. the, the charges were around him, that's one of the best plays of the game, I thought, was hit. him coming out of the first and 16 at the seven, and he gets a 24-yard catch. Uh, right. You know, fantastic play by him. Which brings up my next point. You know, we didn't see, as I had <clears> hoped, <throat> and many of uh, Vikings fans hoped to see a Kene Nwangu, uh on the offense this week. But I thought – Alexander Madison played a great game. He was running really hard. And I wonder if there was a little fire lit under his tailpipe that uh, last week when he saw how the speed and if, if he went online, he could have seen how everybody was talking about Kinney. And it's like, oh, I better get going. Because I thought he ran really hard. And every opportunity he had, he had one up the middle where he was, he kept it going after he, it looked like he was tackled. Cook did it later as well. But uh, it, it just seemed that uh, there was a, a little pep to the step for for Madison. Maybe sees the what's coming up behind him. Yeah, I mean, it also helps that he. You know, he only, I think he only had five touches, so right. you know, there's uh, certainly he wasn't a taxing day for him. So I think when you see that, he's able to to play that that way. And and, and sure, if competition breeds, these guys are natural competitors. Um, so yeah, I'm sure that they feed off of each other. Good problem to have, you know. Have have three decent backs that can, so you don't uh, you don't lose too much. But you still got to have Cook in there. It, you know, my daughter was complaining about Cook. He's not doing anything. I said, just wait, you know, and he will. Dalvin Cook. Uh, is uh, yeah, he's a. Uh, uh, when he doesn't do well, it's because typically because something uh, someone else has done something wrong. Uh, you know, he's not Superman. Uh, even uh, Adrian Peterson was the kind of the king of the famine, famine feast of like lose two yards, lose two yards. Barry Sanders, like one of the three greatest running backs of all time, uh, was a guy that lost a lot. He lost yardage and then 
89 yards down the, down the middle. Uh, right. So Cook is, uh, yeah, uh, when we're talking about running backs and who should be getting playing time, he starts with 33, and then we'll divvy up the scraps for the others, uh, however, until this guy is uh, done with his prime. Well, Mark, Mark Ron, uh, Packers week. The Vikings are hosting the Green Bay Packers, uh, who was your preseason pick for the Super Bowl. And they're coming in pretty hot. They're, they're, uh, they got their, their, uh, their know-it-all quarterback back. And, and, but it doesn't matter because their defense is playing so well right now. Uh, how tough, how tough you think that defense is going to be for Kirk and company after this, uh, nice, nice show by the offense last week from Minnesota, they got a They got an even tougher defense coming in. Yeah. And, uh, you know, if you, uh, Wrote about it for tomorrow's paper is uh, Devondre. I'm sure I say his first name, but Campbell, the, the former Gopher, he was NFC Defensive Player of the Year. He's having a fan. I mean, the Packers went out and got him for one one year, two million dollars as kind of an afterthought to help them. And he comes in. He's, he's their Mike linebacker from the start. Uh, they had that horrendous game uh, week one, 38 to three loss under Joe Barry's first uh, game as a defensive coordinator there, and since then. They've given they've only they're giving up like 15 points a game. Uh, they would be uh, nine and one if Aaron Rodgers hadn't tested positive COVID and missed the Chiefs game because they held the Chiefs to like 240 yards or whatever it was. Uh, Patrick Mahomes to 166 yard passing, the two lowest of in Patrick Mahomes' career with the Chiefs. Uh, but they lost 13 to seven because they had Jordan Love at quarterback instead of you know, uh, Aaron Rodgers, but that defense is very good. It's as good as started as they've had since 2010 when they won the Super Bowl. The, the other side of that though, is they come in with, they got two of their outside linebackers, their edge rushers got hurt in that game last against the Seattle. So, uh, Whitney Merciless is probably done for the year. So you mm-hmm. won't be seeing him. Uh, Rashad Gary is, uh, Probably he had an uh, elbow injury that they're talking about he might play with, but I don't know if he plays with it week one after the injury. Uh, so you could be looking at – and um, Zadarius Smith has had that back in, injury, and he's not ready to come back. So there will be fewer pass rushers, I believe, <laughs> that Kirk Cousins will have to worry about. Uh, but it's still a very good, very good defense. And they've also had injuries that they've had to deal with at corner. Um, but – Eric Stokes, their number one draft pick, uh, outstanding number one pick, I think, uh, for, for a defense. If we saw how their season ended last year, um, it's a good it's a good defense. It's one of the better ones that they face. Uh, it's on a roll. So yeah, it's uh, it helps playing at uh, playing at home though. You know, if that elbow elbow injury is anything like Michael Pierce, you know he'll he'll be gone for a long time. Yeah. Um, Five weeks and counting, right? Oh my goodness! Um, so, Rogers got to knock off a little of the rust last week, and uh, uh, did not look very good. I, you know, I, I didn't really see it, but someone was describing he looked a little gone. He lost some weight, and you know, I, I guess Cam or Dantzler, when he had COVID, he lost seventeen pounds. You know, and he's a skinny guy, so so maybe he's he's still recovering and he won't be Aaron Rodgers like we know and they're missing Aaron Jones or they will be because he tore his MCL or 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 injured it somehow last week so 
That's helpful, although A.J. Dillon filled in pretty admirably for him. Uh, can the can this makeshift defense of the Vikings that might start getting back some of its starters, uh, are, are they going to be okay against the Packers? I know Zim loves to game plan against Rodgers, so he'll have something to, dialed up. But, you know, what do you see there? Well, the only, the, the only time, the only loss to an NFC North opponent since Matt LaFleur got there, was to the Vikings last year in Lambeau. Um, no fans there, but it was still on the road. Um, Zimmer had to use seven rookie defensive players in that game because of injuries before the game, injuries during the game. Um, so, you know, and Aaron Rodgers had the ball in his hands at the end with a one-score game where he could have could have uh, won the game. And I think that was might have been when D.J. Wonham had the sack. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, they're shorthanded, but they have beaten them shorthanded. Packers are shorthanded too, um, but obviously they can win as well. So, yeah, I think it's a uh, it's a it's a huge game. Uh, I don't do must win games, but uh, it's a difference between being what four and a half down with six to go, or two and a half down with six to go, and they play again uh, in in Green Bay later. So yeah, I think if you, I will say this: in order to win the division, it's you got to win this game. Uh, yeah. But you know, for the playoffs, you know, it's still it's still early. Believe it or not, whenever you have seventeen games and seven teams to make the playoffs, uh, it's going to take a while before we get to a must, a true must-win game. So you're you still liking your Super Bowl pick? Yeah, I mean, I, I'd like them as as in the NFC the. You know, Arizona, of course, is without Kyler Murray. They did manage to win a game two weeks ago without him. Uh, they, they could not win this past game. They got destroyed by Carolina. Um, you know, the Cowboys. Uh, I, the NFC could be won by so many teams. Uh, but I still like Aaron Rodgers if, <laughs> if he can stay away from the COVID problems. Um, and and, and uh, really, as you're seeing more and more teams – deal with these COVID issues, the Vikings certainly included, you know, that could play a role in, in how this thing shakes out. But uh, yeah, I, 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 I like, yeah, I like the Packers as, uh, as the NFC team still. Uh, I think they, after week one, they've, uh, they've done not, nothing really to, to make me question that. Well, uh, myself and, and many of the other Vikings fans listening to this don't like it very much, but uh, it's, uh, yeah, yeah, it's a, uh, yeah, it's uh, truth hurts. <laughs> Do you have a prediction for this game this week? Yeah, you know, I, I should have thought about this more, but uh, you know, my sense is they. Uh, I mean, see, last week they were so, so high. I, you were right. My, my instincts. You were, you were right. right my week. instincts go from up to here to down here, or down here to up here. Um, if I had to pick right now, I just I, with Rod. If, this would have been a great week for Rodgers to be playing at U.S. Bank Stadium without having practiced. I think they win that game. Yeah. But he's back. You know, he, like you said, he knocked the rust off against uh, against Seattle. He's back, kind of in a role. I go with I go with the better team and the better quarterback, uh, even though they're at U.S. Bank. So I would not be surprised if the Vikings find a way. But uh, I would, if I had to pick right now, I'd say Packers. I don't have a score, but it, I think it would be fairly high scoring, 33-30, something like that. I think it would be close. 
but I think the Packers win this one, Joe. Sorry. Um, it's interesting. What's your KTOE radio this morning and touting the fact that you did predict the Vikings win last week in, in San or in Los Angeles and where I was a little more skeptical. So, um, that lends some credence to your prediction now, but I think you're full of baloney. I, 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 no, I'm kidding. I, I, I like the fact that I, I didn't realize how many Packers that were injured on defense and that, you know, Zimmer always knows a way to, to you know, to play Rodgers tough. So I'm not going to call that a draw. You know, he got to knock the rust off last week, so he's going to be ready to go. He's going to be fired up. Uh and to to come in here and win, but I think the Vikings can defense can somewhat negate that or mitigate it a little bit because you know uh, they've got some younger players that are playing well. They may they might get a couple of decent veterans back uh, on offense. I like hearing that the 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 Packers are a little banged up on defense, and so may and maybe that you know a little less pressure on Kirk. Yeah, he won't get so so you know happy feet nervous about this one he can he can maybe build on the confidence from last week and uh i think it's going to come down to i think it's going to be a more lower scoring game than you're talking about i'm going to say you know just because rogers might not be fully back i i I think uh i think we're talking a low to mid 20s you know for this team and it it will be a one score game hopefully because the 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 fans at uh, u.s bank will be flared up and you know hey great job yeah i do think Wins at wins at the end. I, I'd love to see that. I do think it uh, them winning at Los Angeles brings a a better vibe to the to the stadium. The fans are typically they're going to be good no matter what. I think uh, if 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 they're three and six, they're still going to be a good crowd. But I think this brings a little extra noise and and commotion for the Packers to deal with. Uh, it won't be like last year when they open up the season and that the weirdest you know. That initial game of watching, of being in the stadium and having no fans, and being able to hear, you know, Aaron Rodgers make his play calls in the press box, and you know, defensive players telling you that uh, Aaron Rodgers is coming to the line of scrimmage, you know, that Aaron Rodgers smirk and laughing at them because he knows he's and he, he's no he knows he's going to be his hard count is going to get him to jump, and I think you saw three times in that game where the Vikings uh, jumped off sides and. And as you see now, like the last two weeks, Baltimore and the Chargers, their first third are their first fourth and less than five. They've they've lined up and gone the hard count trying to get the Vikings to jump because they know that number ninety seven has a history of doing that. <clears throat> and to Everson's credit, uh, he's managed to uh, stay on you know on side. And I think. Uh, uh, Herbert was trying it for so long that Kendricks, there was a kind of a clip where Kendricks is like chiding him because he's still trying to get him to jump, you know, and then they took it right down and, and they got it, uh, the penalty and they ended up punting anyway. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be a much different game than when, when Rodgers was able to toy with him at, uh, at home last year. The, the, the real key factor is that hopefully this, uh, what are the Vikings four and five right now? Hopefully yep. this record coming into this game has not caused all the Vikings season ticket holders to dump their tickets to Packer fans, and then it's just another Packers home game. I, I hear you were out in Los Angeles. There was a lot of Vikings fans there in L.A. Yeah, it was, uh, it was. It was. It uh, was. I'd say more Vikings, but it wasn't like two years ago at that small soccer stadium where it was. I don't. 
you know, it might have been 80 20 Vikings fans. Um, and they're able to make a lot more noise in that place uh, with the their little uh, wind up horn and stuff like that in between plays. As, I mean, you might have seen Kirk on the head, on TV going like this a few times where that had more to do with this horn that they were, mm. you know, cranking than it was the crowd, I think. Yeah, I, I just, I, I've seen it before down there at, uh, either at the Metrodome or U.S. Bank, where uh, there's so many Packer fans, it's it's almost 50-50, and, and uh, uh, hopefully well, that's and, not the case. And the last home game, you know, it's, I, I thought was kind of, I don't want to say embarrassing or whatever, but it was unusual to see uh, the Cowboy fans take over. And, and obviously, whatever yeah. things are going the, the way, you wouldn't have noticed it if the Vikings were had done what they were supposed to do against Cooper Rush. Uh, but yeah, that became a, uh, you know, there were a few times I think I noticed where the in the stadium they turned the noise up to kind of drown out some of the Cowboy cheers and stuff. So coming out of a break or whatever. Um, and then uh, uh, the Steelers are playing here. The Steelers, last time they were here, they were here. Uh, and they, God, it's been so long that Tice was the coach, and Tice was, was pretty pissed off uh, because that became a Steelers home game in the second half. Uh, yeah. Steeler, Steeler fans probably travel. I mean, Vikings fans are fantastic. Uh, believe it or not, Browns fans travel very well. Steelers still might be not, Cowboys fans do because I think it's, everybody wants to be a Cowboys fan when they're winning. Uh, Packer fans are good, but Steelers might be the, the best of any traveling crowd I think I've ever seen. Well, we'll leave it there. One of the uh, uh, for this segment, we'll leave it there. One of us is going to be happy about our pick next week, so. We'll see what that is. But uh, come on back to Vikings territory. We're going to talk about the NFL and what, what happened in this wacky week that we just had. And uh, we'll do it then. Okay, we're back at Vikings territory with Mark Craig from the Star Tribune. Mark, it was nuts last week. It was blowout week in the NFL. It, it was Originally, I was six games, but there was another one last night, that uh, margin of 17 points or more. Uh, and I, I – I, put this line in the agenda just to tweak you a little bit. That's the kind of week you love for survivor picks, right? Oh yeah. my God. You were, well, you were. <laughs> uh, after I make these picks, I, I know uh, exactly what I did wrong, but I had the Colts beating the Jaguar or beating the Jaguars or jets. Um, hundred percent. Yeah. At last at the, no, no, this is for this week. But at oh. the last minute Thursday evening, I decided, uh, you know, I'm just gonna I'm gonna play it safe. I'm gonna go with the with the Baltimore Ravens over the Miami Dolphins, and of course I lost. And then of course the Colts win. So that's kind of how your last pick in your survivor pool always seems to go. Um, and looking back on hindsight, as much as we talked about the Vikings defense being on the field for 89 plays, Baltimore's offense was on the play on the field for 89 plays. They had to go to Miami, which looked like the humidity was 9,000 percent. And they just, they were, four days later, they were spent. And another example of, you know, I know we all like Thursday night games, but they just shouldn't be playing four days after a, a game. Shouldn't they? Should, there, there should be more. There should not be four days, only four days break. If you're, if player safety is your big issue, you shouldn't have a team play five quarters, 70 minutes of football, eight, 90 plays, four days later have to travel and play in Florida uh, in humidity. It's, it's just, it's not, it's not good, but uh, 
the money, the money's too high for them to, to do, to make decisions like that. Well, I enjoy They'd rather, that. they'd rather just, they'd rather just call uh, roughing the passer every other touch <laughs> on the quarterback. Well, I agree with you. I like, uh, I, I, I agree a hundred percent. I do like laying on my couch on Thursday night and watching football. You know, it gets me, gets me to Sunday, but you know, the, the brand of football is not great. I agree with you, but uh, you know, uh, you mentioned, you know, coming off a Vikings game and, you know, it's like four or five of the teams that played the Vikings this year, they lost the next week. You know, I think the Vikings have, have take, you know, it, it may be a testament how hard the Vikings are playing this year that, uh, you know, after you play the Vikings, you know, I mean, Dallas did it. Uh, I think, uh, say, no, not the Cardinals, but uh, everybody but the Cardinals, it seemed like they played Baltimore certainly and others. They'd play – Play the Vikings, and then they couldn't. They couldn't rally in the next week. I don't know if it is. It means anything other than the fact that the Vikings. Were- well, the, the the Cowboys beat the Vikings with Cooper Rush, and then the next week they come back with Dak Prescott and got killed by uh, right whoever. That was another survivor pick that went down the tubes. Uh, they couldn't. You know, Dak King Dak came back, and they lost to uh, oh gosh, Denver. They lost to Denver. Right. Got killed right. by Denver. So it's a crazy well, league, Joe. It is. I mean, the Lions tied the Steelers this week, and, and I'd like to say at least they won't go 0-17, you know, so uh, they still have still need to get that win, but uh, uh, that one surprised me a little bit. Of course, Ben Ben uh, Roethlisberger was out with COVID, correct? Yeah, yeah. big difference. Uh, but, yeah, if, I, if I'm Vikings fans, I uh, a tie might do it, but I would be praying for a, a Lions win before December 5th when the Vikings show up, because that would have no offense. And I'm sure that there's enough scar tissue on your purple body to, uh, to realize that if the lions don't have a win and they play the Vikings on December 5th, uh, it could end up being pretty bad for the Vikings. Now they play the Bears. they play the bears on Thanksgiving. So uh, I'd be hoping for a, uh, a lion's win on Thanksgiving because then the lions would have extra time being say, so assuming that they lose to the Browns this week, um, you know, you, you have a winless Lions team playing the Vikings. Right. Well, you've been here long enough to recognize that's exactly how it goes for this team. So that's good. It's good to hear. Uh, you know, the uh, folks were all talking about Atlanta, you know, after had, had they had, you know, made a little rise. Well, the, the, the Cowboys kind of took it out on them with another one of those blowouts. Yeah, I mean, when the Cowboys get it cranking, it's uh, it's hard to keep up. Um, they got so much talent, and when Dak Prescott is, you know, healthy and not come, you know, knocking off rust, you know, they're a hard team. Once they get the points going, it's hard to catch up. And they're playing much better defense this year than they than they obviously were playing last year. The Bucks got trucked by the WFT, the Washington Football Team, and all I can say to that is. WTF. There you go. Joe, it's a, fa- it's a family show, Joe. Come on. <laughs> You're better than that, Joe. You're better. Yeah, and the Bucks are better than that. How did they get beat by, by I don't know. They almost they almost lost to him in the playoffs last year. Maybe they got the they got the loop the blueprint for it. Uh yeah, it's you know, the Buccaneers are you know, they were not a great team last year. They were great at the end, had a great quarterback. Um, so they're they're far from done. Uh I like uh, the other side of the Brady Belichick. What's going on in uh, New England now? Six yeah, and four. Uh, 
How about that? They, uh, the, you know, your 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 poor OBJ less uh, 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 Cleveland Browns got got uh, manhandled. Yeah, they, well, the the OB, OBJ uh, team acquired uh, got pretty waxed last night, uh, and he only had three targets, to two two catches for eighteen yards. I saw they threw the first one to him to just make sure he didn't quit before or ask for a trade on the second play. Uh, so they got that first. They tried to go the first ball to him. Tried to throw another one to him later in the game that was intercepted. So yeah, if you want to wow the Rams, yeah. Uh, so maybe maybe they need to trade him to uh, the Packers. I saw a tweet this morning that uh, uh, Beckham had uh, requested a trade away from the Rams. Exactly. That yeah, it's yeah. You you when you uh, you bring that in, it's like it's going to be an ongoing thing. And I just don't think. It's worth it. It's just, it's just but, not worth it. Uh, but a lot of people disagree. Though. I mean, they uh, Stafford's played oh, yeah. two really bad games. I mean, I'm not sure what the heck's going on there. You know. Yeah, but yeah, like uh, going back to Belichick, uh, I don't think it's a, you know he's, he's, they've won four in a row. The four teams they've beaten are you know Stefanski's a good coach. He was coach of the year last year, but the four coaches that Belichick beat were first or second year guys. Mm. So I think there's a, there's still a little steam left in. Uh, you know, who's the best coach ever, um, or certainly one of the best coaches ever. Um, but, yeah, it's – and to, to be able to do it with not only a rookie quarterback, but the fifth one taken out of the five in the first round is uh, what they're doing is keep an eye on them because now they're the sixth seed. I think they would play – if the playoffs started today, they'd play the, at Baltimore. And, you know, I <laughs> – I wouldn't rule them out in a game like that. Yeah. After seeing that, seeing that score, all I can say to you is that at least the, the Browns won't go 0-17. Sorry. Yeah. I to say that. Um, what about, what about uh, the Cam, uh, uh, Cam Newton and the Carolina Panthers uh, whipping up on the, on the Cardinals? Uh, I mean, our, now that that's unfortunate for the Vikings because they're back in the playoff race, but the Vikings do have a game in hand there. However, do you think that's uh, a trend or a mirage, you know, uh, with, with, well, I think they're, 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 when Christian McCaffrey is playing and he's healthy, they're, 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 I mean, if Carolina was to get to the playoffs and say Christian McCaffrey, I mean, you would look at what their record is with Christian McCaffrey and without Christian McCaffrey. And I think you have to make a case that he'd be the most valuable player and it'd be proven both ways when he's on the field, when he's not on the field. Um, as far as Cam Newton, I had to laugh. Someone asked him after the game, he said, well, how much of the offense did you know? And he said, two touchdowns worth. <laughs> so, you know, and, yeah, I said, because he threw one, he ran for one. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's a team that you're looking at. And, you know, the Vikings beat them. So, you know, that's a good tiebreaker to have. Um, and these are the kind of things you're looking at. It's like it's not the best football in the world because you're at that bottom of a seven team. You know, you're fighting. You're fighting for the seventh spot. You're not a great team. You're you're a team where your fan base is probably wanting your coach fired, and you're looking at the draft. But oh yeah, by the way, we're still in the playoff hunt. You know, so that's where the Vikings are right now, and it, they, they they do have a win over Carolina, which helps. Or uh, uh, is Adrian Peterson going to the Super Bowl? With Tennessee, that would be interesting. Uh, yeah. You know, the thing about Tennessee is they've won six in a row. Not only have they won six in a row, they've won five straight against teams that made the playoffs last year. And uh, 
NFL communications or the NFL's website, you know, points out that um, they're only the second team to do that, to beat five teams that made the play five straight teams that made the playoffs a year before uh, like the 2003 Eagles are the only other team to do it. So, and two of those wins came with, with uh, Derrick Henry out. So that's a solid, solid team that plays, uh, you know, great defense. Uh, they also had the easiest schedule going forward of any team in the league. Now wow. they, they made wow. it through the, they made it through their meat grinder and now they got two against Houston, one against Miami, one against Jacksonville. Uh, so, oh my goodness! But 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 no, in the NFL, you know, like as we all like, really we like to go through and put little wins, losses. You know, now is when they they probably lose four in a row. You know, that's that that would be typical NFL. You you sent me that note this morning. You said eight teams with five hundred or worse records have beaten division leaders the last two weeks. That hasn't happened since nineteen seventy. Yeah, it's like uh, toward the end of the nineteen seventy season. This again, this is on the NFL's website. Uh, yeah, one of those was you know the Vikings beating the Chargers on Sunday. Uh, there were four teams that did it this in Week Eleven or week where we at ten, whatever. This last Sunday, um, four teams did it. So, so now you know now it's uh, in, in this next this week coming up, six division leaders play teams with five hundred or worse record. So, you know the number could increase again. But you're seeing. You're seeing like, like the 49ers, only three wins. They go and they destroy, you know, the the Rams. So it's uh, that's what you're looking at. It'd be nice to see uh, the Vikings destroy anybody. How about this week? You know, maybe against the Packers. Wouldn't that be nice? That would be a big win. That would be a signature win, Joe. So what do you got? What's what's happening this week? You got something you're working on? Fun to talk about? You got anything or? Is that well, we're hoping to we're hoping to uh, you know, talk to Belichick, <laughs> Belichick, talk to Zimmer about uh, a little bit about that Packers game last year. It's it remains at Lambeau. It remains the only loss during the Matt Lafleur era to an NFC uh, North opponent. Just what kind of went into that? You know, the adjustments they had to make, um, and also during the game. I think by the end of that game. Uh, their safety, who I'm drawing, um, Harris was having to play nickel. He never played nickel in his life. Uh, so, you know, just the in-game adjustments and the pre-game adjustments you have to make whenever you're facing the, the daunting task of defending Aaron Rodgers with not your all, all your best at cards. Um, yeah, well, look for that coming up this week in the Star Tribune, startribune.com. Maybe they'll pick it up at the Green Bay Gazette. And you can the big big oh, picture of all the Vikings. Any time I write about that's one of the first emails I get when you write about the Packers. You know they're playing the Vikings. You know people should have a little bit of interest in who they're who they're playing. Why don't you work for the Green Bay Gazette? <laughs> so that, so get that get that one ready to send to me, Joe. Uh, I, I will do it. Well, well, uh, look for that from Mark and Mark. Thanks for another uh, chat this week. Thanks to Mike Walden behind the scenes. Thanks to our sponsors who keep us rolling here. And we'll be back next week to uh, rehash the Packers game. Hopefully it's a Vikings win and Mark is wrong. And uh, it, it starts their slow decline and Mark's wrong about a Super Bowl pick. That's what it's all about here. Me being right, you being wrong. Go Vikings. See you next week. Thanks, everybody, and skull.